Hi everyone, welcome to the San Diego News Fix. I'm Christy Totten. The homeless population in San Diego County nearly doubled in 2020. Reporter Gary Worth has the story. Then today is Earth Day and the UT's editorial board is taking up a new term to describe what's happening to the climate. First, the news. UC San Diego graduate Megan MacArthur will pilot NASA's new Crew Dragon spacecraft to the International Space Station on Friday during her second trip into orbit. The spacecraft is scheduled to launch from the Kennedy Space Center in Florida aboard a SpaceX Falcon 9 rocket at 5.49 a.m. Eastern Time. The launch will be broadcast at nasa.gov. MacArthur is scheduled to guide the spacecraft into a docking station at 5.10 a.m. on Saturday as part of a crew rotation at the orbiting outpost. MacArthur will then spend six months as part of the station's crew. Mayor Todd Gloria said Thursday he will start negotiating with San Diego gas and electric officials within days to try to hammer out a new electric and gas franchise agreement with the city of San Diego. In a local government franchise agreement, a municipality grants the utility the exclusive use of public rights-of-way for transmission and distribution, as well as the right to install and maintain wires, poles, power lines, and underground gas and electric lines. The existing agreement between the city and SDG&E, in place since 1970, runs through June 1st. Technical reviews may soon begin on a conceptual airport transit hub, often referred to as San Diego Grand Central Station, a project that could cost taxpayers a billion dollars or more. Wednesday, the San Diego Association of Governments published a notice of preparation for environmental review of the hub, either at the Navy's Old Town campus or a site between Interstate 5 and Pacific Highway near the airport. It would become the region's primary transportation center, connecting all rail and bus lines with the people mover to the airport. The submission is a formal act alerting that government agencies intend to prepare an environmental impact report. Members of the public have until May 28th to provide input on what the agency should study in its report. The number of people who became homeless for the first time more than doubled in San Diego County last year. That's according to a Homeless Crisis Response System report by the Regional Task Force on the Homeless. The report for 2020 found the number of first-time homeless people in the county increased from 2,326 in 2019 to 4,152 in 2020, a 79% jump. The previous year saw a 6% decrease from 2018. Among households, first-time homelessness was also up by 81%, while the previous year saw a decrease of 3%. Gary Worth covers homelessness at the UT. Okay, Gary, you wrote a story um, that's out today about an increase in homelessness uh, across the county. Why do officials think this is happening? Well, specifically, the uh, increase was in newly homeless people. So we don't know how many um, people overall were, were homeless, uh, which, we, uh, which we normally get from a point in time count uh, though, but um, we don't know for this year what the point in time count was because we didn't do one in January. But actually this is from January uh, 2020. Uh, uh, so we, we do have uh, numbers for that year and these, these numbers also are from that year, but specifically the, the thing that stood out was the people who said they were newly homeless. The first time homeless uh, uh, was 
3,450, and it had been um, uh, 1,900, uh, you know, the year before. And so that was, uh, well, that's, that's for households. And the, uh, the number of, of people who were, the individuals who were homeless, uh, it, it was 4,152, uh, which was a 79% jump from the previous year. Uh, and, uh, you know, so individuals jumped and so did households jump. Uh, so you got to think it had something to do with the pandemic, uh, but they weren't really that quick to just say that had to be it because they, every year they refine what they're doing and they think that they reached more people. Uh, so um, they could have just done a better job of, of counting people. But, um, you know, they say that every year when they, when they do the point in time count that uh, some methodology had changed. So maybe we got a little better at what we're doing, but still this was a really big jump and it happened to have happened in a year when a lot of people were out of work and some people lost their homes. I've, I've interviewed people who were actually evicted and they were in shelters uh, and they were evicted because they have been working and now they weren't working. So um, you're not going out on a limb to think that there might've been a correlation with, uh, with the pandemic and this jump in people who are becoming homeless for the first time. Another figure from your story that was shocking, uh, the new report found that more than 38,000 people sought some form of homeless services in the county uh, this past year. What kind of services are we talking about and, and why such a huge number? You said that it was the most people you know ever recorded for seeking services. Why? Uh, again, it could have to do with the pandemic. People were uh, you know, getting uh, food and uh, rent subsidies for the first time. Uh, they were getting um, programs to stay in their house. Uh, you know, in, in a way, it's it's good that that many people did get services, though. But it is telling that uh, this number is a lot higher than the point in time count. And it always has been. And it's always a better number to, um, to go by when you see the need of people out in the county. Um, like the point of time count is um, is valuable as a one day count. It counts people who are homeless uh, in shelters and who are homeless uh, on the street. And we've always known that there's people that are going to be missed, uh, though. Uh, but there was uh, uh, seventy about seventy six hundred people last year in shelters and on the street that were counted as homeless. Yet there were thirty eight thousand people who sought some kind of home. Uh, services for the homeless. That doesn't mean that every one of those people were homeless, but it's, you know, but what is likely is, is that uh, some, somebody might be homeless for a few months. Um, and they're not going to be homeless the night of the count, uh, though, and they may fall in and out of homeless, uh, homelessness. And there could be thousands of people that are like that. And they're not homeless on the one night, or maybe they're crashing at a friend's house on, on a couch somewhere and they're just gonna be missed, but they want to get some kind of homeless services. Um, it could have been um, you know, some, you know, some kind of a supportive housing or you know, other kind of service, but um, there were people in need and you know, either facing temporary homelessness or they might've been um, at risk of becoming homeless. I think there's an impression out there that people come to San Diego to be homeless, maybe come to California to be homeless. Uh, you've been covering this um, a long time. 
Are there numbers that definitively answer that question? And what has been your experience? My personal experience is I meet a lot of homeless people who are San Diego natives. Uh, and um, the truth is that how many people do you know in your life who are San Diego natives? A lot of people move to San Diego. Uh, but the um, perception that people move to San Diego uh, because they hear it's a good place to be homeless, there might be some anecdotal evidence of that. But statistically, uh, we found that most people who are homeless in San Diego were San Diegans who became homeless. Uh, and uh, I've, I've seen it you, you know, pretty steadily that it's above 70%. Uh, the most recent count they had were uh, when they surveyed people who are homeless and they were not sheltered and they were 55 years or older, 88% of them said that they had become homeless while in San Diego. Now, there's anecdotal evidence too that, you know, people have moved here. I, I met a guy who actually came from Texas because he heard that we had a big shelter in the convention center and it was um, more accommodating than what he was experiencing in Texas. And he got a plane ticket and he moved here to be homeless in San Diego. So you can find it, it does happen. But again, it's like a lot of people move to San Diego anyway, um, but it's it's not necessarily a magnet for, for homeless people. Yeah, we have shelters, but when you consider that um, you know, it's like more than half of the people who are homeless in San Diego are not sheltered, uh, then think, well, is this really a great place to be, uh, to be homeless, uh, though? Because there's a good chance you might still be out on the street, uh, though. You're not going to, you know, just walk into housing when you get here. What are some of the things that the city of San Diego and San Diego County are doing to address homelessness? So there's a lot of activity going on right now. And, and uh, just on Monday, um, Mayor Gloria announced uh, a $10 million proposal uh, that would include creating 300 new shelter beds, uh, more outreach workers, um, and uh, more detox beds. And even, uh, I think it was like 300,000 in funding uh, for job training for people who are going to fill the need of working in the homeless service field. Uh, um, Countywide, there are efforts to get more housing. Father Joe's is um, about a year away from opening a 14-story uh, affordable housing unit that could house like um, 500 people. Um, the, the city of San Diego last year bought two um, extended stay um, hotels that could be converted into housing and that um, placed 500 people into permanent housing. Uh, they, would, uh, they might do it again this year when some more funding becomes available. Um, to get people off the streets immediately, countywide, Oceanside is looking at creating a, a shelter. I mentioned that uh, the rescue mission, uh, which already has programs uh, for like an academy that they run that's like a year long, um, they recognize that there's a need to get people immediately off the street. They've got a small shelter for, for women and children at their downtown facility, but uh, they're trying to find a shelter in, in North County and in South Bay. Um, so there's a, a lot of activity going on to try to find um, more ways of getting people off the street. And at the same time, there's this fear still that we may find uh, another wave of people, newly homeless people out there. And we, we're not sure 
what the count is, the, the point in time count for this year, since we didn't do one in January because of the pandemic, but a lot of people think that it's, it, it is up and there's a lot of indications that uh, it, if, we, if we did do the point in time count this year, it probably would have been significantly higher. Now for opinion, Matthew T. Hall is the editorial and opinion director at the UT. So Matt, this week, the editorial board, which we are both on, announced a decision to use the term climate emergency instead of climate change. Tell me the thinking behind that. Yeah, uh, it's a small but subtle uh, step, but I think it's really significant. I mean, the, the, the short version is words matter, labels matter, definitions matter. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I was reading a piece in Scientific American um, where they made the, the, the change themselves. And they said 13,000 scientists had agreed that it's time uh, to call this an emergency. Uh, change, in, in my view, is static, slow, it's uh, often gradual. Um, and an emergency is exactly that. It's uh, an existential issue. It's a crisis worse than a crisis. Uh, you know, you get the image of people trying to save lives. And so, uh, we talked it over as a board and, and, and thought that we'd sign on to uh, to this new approach in, in, a, in an effort to get people talking about it and realizing that this uh, isn't just change we're talking about. It really is dire. And so speaking of words matter, you know, language matterings, this isn't the first time the board has adopted a policy to change the language that we'll use. Um, you actually, we actually instated a policy a couple years ago. Can you tell me more about that? Yes. So actually, and we're near at the two-year anniversary of that. That was uh, April 20th, uh, 2019, which was, uh, that's the anniversary of the Columbine shooting. Um, we, we did something similar where we um, bought into the no notoriety movement, which is this notion that naming mass shooters can embolden others. Um, and so we decided not to mention uh, the names of mass shooters. And we haven't done it since. Um, at the time, if you go back and read that editorial, you can Google it. Just type in what's changed since Columbine this has. And you'll see we actually physically redacted the names of several mass shooters to make the point that you can tell these stories without mentioning their names. Uh, and we, you know, uh, it, it gets to the notion we were just talking about, the power of the written word, the words we choose, the words we use or, 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 or don't use. Uh, and we said maybe in rare circumstances when we think the news value is too great to avoid um, it, we'd mentioned the, the, the shooter's name once, but in the two years since we made that policy, we haven't mentioned uh, a shooter's name. And actually, actually, frankly, we've been doing the opposite. We've been um, naming victims more. We had a, an editorial last month about mass shootings, and we actually started it with the names and ages of the 18 people who had been um, killed in the Atlanta area, uh, Atlanta area in Boulder, Colorado. Yeah, so I want to be clear that uh, this decision doesn't affect news coverage at all. Uh, does the newsroom have a preferred term? And is there anything else that you want to clear up just about the separation between the editorial board and the newsroom? Yeah, great point, Christy. Thank you for uh, raising that. This applies only to editorials in the newspaper. Um, does not apply to our news coverage. I mean, you know, I'm the national president of the Society of Professional Journalists plug for that organization and our ethics code, which 
stipulates that we need to seek the truth and report it and minimize harm. So obviously seeking the truth and reporting it means mentioning names uh, and uh, of, of gunmen and they're usually uh, men. Um, and so that the news coverage should continue to do that. That's the ethical thing. That's, that's the right thing to e explain that. Um, but uh, it doesn't have to be in every part of the newspaper. Uh, and so when it comes time to have opinions and make opinions, the editorial board, um, which uh, is uh, six of us plus the publisher, um, who kind of defers the daily decisions to us, we decided that we don't need to mention that name. So it's, it's, it, it is a nuance, I think, that may be tough for some folks to get a, um, their arms around, but it's an important distinction. And it doesn't mean that we're negligent or derelict in our duties. It, it just means that different elements of the company and of the newspaper will handle that differently. Uh, so going back to the climate emergency, the editorial we ran today for Earth Day, um, you know, gave credit where credit is due. It said California is doing a lot, but can basically still do more. Um, you know, what what do you think should be done at the state level? Great question. I, I think um, there's a line in the editorial uh, today which says we need a, a wartime-like mobilization of resources. So I think that's one thing that uh, the state can do is get in this mindset, not to get comfortable and, and, and say, you know, California has been a, a leader, um, both nationally and internationally, uh, really. Um, I mean, former Governor Jerry Brown has traveled the world um, talking about climate change in California. Um, but I think, it, you know, there are state laws we can do where uh, building, transportation, we need to look at some of these complicated issues and approach them holistically um, with, with climate change in, in mind. Um, and, and so that's one thing that, that the state can do. I think just today you saw uh, President Biden uh, make it easier for states to have their own tailpipe emission standards, which obviously is a big departure from the Trump administration, which wanted to have a, a lead be the federal government. And obviously that was kind of a slap in the face to California whose standards are higher, stricter, stronger. Uh, and 13 other states have signed on to those standards, plus the uh, Washington, D.C. Um, and I think that's, it's like a third of the country's population have, have fallen under California standards. So I think what Biden did today is an, another example of what the state is able to do moving forward, which is coordinate with the feds um, and, and work at multiple levels of government to um, make changes. And how about the San Diego region? You know, I know we have climate change action plans in place, some thought to be, you know, more um, effective than others, but is it is it merely the case of following those plans or, or should we be doing more too? Yeah, that, that's a great question. And I think it does start with personal responsibility. I think we can elect politicians who uh, think climate change is uh, an emergency or is something that we need to think of holistically. I think that then we can hold those politicians standards um, so that a people speaking of personal responsibility read the climate action plan know what's in it know what's reasonable and what you think not and then hold government to those standards those are legally binding documents and so i think that's important and i would just say also the context of when we're having this discussion obviously it's earth day today um, but the the governor is starting to uh, look more seriously at a drought emergency declaration two counties in northern california now are, are subject uh, to that have been said to be in an, an emergency declaration. And it's wild, there's no wildfire season in California anymore. It's really year round. And so, you know, that's how you know it's an emergency that California is burning um, 
more often than not, fires are worse, the drought is terrible. So, you know, we can do uh, some things individually and as a government to conserve water, to have defensible space around our houses. Um, so there's, there's a lot at a lot of levels that we can do, which is one of the reasons this is such a complex issue. And finally, the editorial had some suggestions of things we can do, you know, as individuals to lessen our impact on the environment. And um, I think it starts with you giving up meat. <laughs> but what were some of the things uh, that, that we suggested people do? Yeah, I mean, that's one of it. One of them, uh, eat less red meat, right? Obviously, um, cows are a big driver of emissions. Uh, so that's one thing. It doesn't mean eliminate burgers if you like a hamburger, but, you know, maybe one day a week less, start somewhere. Uh, drive an electric car uh, or drive less in general uh, is another. Uh, we talked a bit about uh, demanding accountability uh, from elected officials. Uh, I would just close with one last thing, which is talk about it with friends and family. Make sure that the facts are out there, that people are operating from a shared understanding about what the climate emergency is and, um, you know, that, that applies to friends on, on Facebook too. I'm not saying that you should get in Facebook fights or social media fights over this. Um, you know, we should all know our limits. But, uh, you know, when we're in a room with family, especially with children, um, have those conversations. And frankly, kids could teach us more. I mean, you know all about that, having done a, a podcast on, on Generation Z. Um, I think we can have talk to family members and, and listen to what others have to say too and collectively move forward with a better understanding. Well said. Thank you, Matt. Thank you. Appreciate it. You can find these stories online at SanDiegoUnionTribune.com. I'm Christy Totten, host of the San Diego News Fix. Thanks for listening.